welcome to the third episode of Open Source Craft. The world runs on open source, so we speak to the people who shape the world. And I'm here with Matt Burgess. Yes. Burgess, a senior software engineer. He started his career working at Raytheon, the defense contractor, and in 2012 worked at Pentaho, a business intelligence company, and now he's been working for over a year at Hortonworks, the software company that focuses on development support of Apache Hadoop. Now I know through these companies you've done a lot of different open source projects. Tell us about yourself and some of the projects you've been involved in. Uh, well, starting with Pitaho, uh, they were the first company that I worked for that actually um, had you know open source projects, and um, basically I got to work on. They, they have some closed source things as well, but um, but between the two sets of you know software things for different features, they were mostly like extensions or something that that may not have been open. But um, but the major project line had always started. They had started as an open source you know company. All of their major products were kind of built um, you know and, and glued together, if you will, there to create a full BI suite. And when I came to work uh, with them, then I started working on the open source. Um, Project called Kettle. Um, their their official company name for it is Spintaho Data Integration, and I, I mostly worked on that project for the three or so years that I was there. Data. So I'm noticing kind of a trend here that you're working with like data flow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everything I've done professionally since uh, you know uh, left the DoD was um, it has always been in and around data. That's one of the passions of mine is to either mess with it or clean it or uh, move it or you know shape it and, and, and analyze it it's you know it's it's just fascinating to me because it's uh, you know there it's information from the real world you know I, I like using customers data sets or real world data sets from you know maybe the Department of Energy or something like that versus you know some trivial data set that just kind of says yeah my code works it's it's much nicer to use um, real data and much more interesting nice nice so uh, I would I would ask you. My next question was going to be, what are you passionate about? It might be the same thing, but you probably have other passions. What really drives you? I do. Um, besides loving to hang out with my family, I uh, also uh, I I like to work with uh, Apache Groovy. That's uh, another language for the Java virtual machine. I do most of my um, coding in Java um, for and I have for for a few years. But uh, but I really like when I can be able to write some things in Groovy and and just scripting kind of in general. Just a, a quick little prototype or, or something. Um, I also like to play guitar. Um, I used to be in a band when I lived in Rhode Island. And um, uh, I don't know, that's about it. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, well, back in the days when I was uh, going around teaching about Ruby and Rails, I got to meet all the Groovy and Grails guys that would right. go around and speak all about that. So I'm familiar with, uh, cool. with, uh, with the language. It's, it's, it's fun to play with. It is. Um, so what was your first open source contribution? Because I know like when I think of the first time I sent a commit to someone else's project, it was nerve-wracking. Yeah, I'd share that. It was a full, the, the moment when I had a piece of code, a patch or something to offer the first time, it was out for Kettle. And I remember it, like within a little 10 minute span, I was just both terrified and then on the other side exhilarated. Um, you know, I was terrified because now, you know, it's not just my little team of, of folks that are working on a one little, you know, nugget. This is code that is open that everyone can see and they can all, you know, enjoy or criticize and, um, and it may or may not work, right? And if it didn't, then, you know, how many people would be affected and everything. So I was terrified at first and I tried to get uh, some of my coworkers to, to take a look at it locally, privately first. And uh, they're like, no, 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 this is open source. You put it up as a you know, pull request, and then we review it and give you feedback. And if it looks good, we'll, we'll merge it in. So 
that length of time was, of course, terrifying. Um, but then as soon as it you know, uh, went in, they, somebody merged it, said, this looks good, thank you. It fixes the problem. And uh, then the following build uh, went through successfully. At that point, it was absolutely exhilarating. It was exactly what I wanted when I wanted to start getting involved in open source, that feeling of just being able to contribute to a much larger community um, than you know, like just a smaller project team to say, I you know, checked this box and my job was done. It, was, it actually is, is very rewarding to, to be able to provide something of value to, to a, large, a larger audience. Mm -hmm. So it seems like you, you, did you do any open source before going to Bentaho or did they kind of introduce you to the whole thing and then you just I had looked at a couple of Apache projects, but never uh, got to the level of, of con you know, like contributing any actual code. But uh, oh. but I did look into nice. their code. Some of the Apache projects we had been using internally. Um, if there was ever an issue or I didn't know how something worked, then you know mm -hmm. I ended up either digging into the code if I couldn't find the information in the docs. But I, I was I was never a contributor until I got to Pataho. Cool. So um, one thing I'm doing uh, with people on the show, I've uh, I emailed. Because open source is out there and you've got code out there, I can see who people have worked with mm -hmm. right, through the code. So I reached out and I asked them for, to tell me a little bit about you. Oh, oh, oh boy. Yeah, um, <laughs> and there's some amazing stuff. So uh, Scott Aslan said, Matt inspires me through his constant thirst for innovation that may only be matched by his meticulous attention to detail, wow. as well as his need to understand complex problems. This allows him to provide scalable and performant world-class quality software and see solutions to problems across projects that mere mortals can only dream of. Oh, wow. I, uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to pay him extra for that. <laughs> That's very flattering. That's interesting. So talk to me. I mean, does anything come to mind when you think about like attention to detail, what people are talking about there? Well, for attention to detail, there on our current project, it is, uh, it's a very complex beast, and it uh, is designed to run very quickly on a you know, very large number of uh, machines working with a very large amount of data, uh, whether it be a large number of small files or a small number of large files or any combination thereof. So trying to either fix a bug or add in, adding in a new feature, there's a lot of considerations um, to know, well, is it going to work in this situation? And not, not just edge cases or validation of input, like what if they you know, type the wrong name or something, but, but also what if they use it differently than what I had originally added the feature to do, or what the, you know, somebody had asked for this feature to do this, like, well, what if someone else, how else could you use this, and will it work, should it work, and so on. So there's, there's just a lot of little nuances to, to make sure that you pay attention to not just the happy path, but um, other happy paths, and of yeah. course the you know, error handling and, and all of that. So Keep in mind like how everybody else is going to use it. And this might be a good time to introduce sort of the project that I think you're talking about, which is Apache NiFi. NiFi, yep. And I did some research, tried to learn what it was, and wrap mm -hmm. my mind around it before you came here. So correct me if I'm wrong, it's simply a way to take data from multiple places do some basic processing and deliver it, distribute it where you want to distribute it. Yep, it's a data flow management system and it does exactly that. It, we have connectors to any sorts of numbers of things and we have, there's a sub-project called Minify, which is like a mini NiFi or something where those sources will be out on the edge on IoT devices and so on. So it's like a kind of a smaller footprint. So imagine not just your you know, database sources or system logs from various uh, of your you know, com computer infrastructure, but also you know, individual devices. So if you've got smartphones or, or any sensors or anything out there that, that we would be able to 
collect from all of those sources, be able to um, do you know, some transformations on them and uh, some conglomeration and correlation and so on, and then deliver them to, um, you know, to, to any number of sources. Mm-hmm. At Hortonworks, they use NiFi in their Hortonworks data flow. Um, product and for them they also have the Hortonworks data platform which is a Hadoop distribution so that is often their target because on that on top of that stack they also have Hive and HBase and you know like Spark and and everything else so it's a it's kind of a natural um, ending you know a final target for a NiFi flow to maybe end up there and then as part of your business flow between HTTP and HDF you you know can um, can go in and do any sort of the other analytics or other types of uh, distributed processing on Spark or, or things like that. So um, it's about getting data from like tons of disparate resources processed and then maybe put in a place so it can go into Hadoop. Yes, but it, and it also does so it does like you know guaranteed uh, delivery and one of the best features of it that isn't in a lot of uh, you know similar products is uh, provenance or data lineage. It, it it keeps track of where you got it from, what's been done to it during the flow. And you know, has it been split? Has it been cloned? Has it been transformed? Did I change some metadata? Did I change the content? And so on. And you can track that all the way back through. That's cool. And uh, the coolest part of storing that is being able to replay. You can replay that exact same like provenance flow if you go if if it is still stored. Um, you know, if it, if it hasn't you know expired or you've offloaded it or something. But. Awesome. So after we do this interview part, we'll jump into the show and tell. And I really have to see this just because it seems like a really fun visual program because it's visualizing all the different steps in a user interface. Absolutely. And that's, and that's another one of the uh, absolute gems of this product is its, um, and this project is the, the UI. Is, it's so usable. A lot of other workflows depend on command line scripts and you know, getting all sorts of things SSH onto different boxes and, and, you know, moving of the data just becomes an absolute pain and a nightmare for um, maintenance of these, you know, scripts and the, and the operations of it. Whereas uh, with a nice clean UI, you just drag on a processor and say, get me something from my database and do something else and then, you know, put it onto Hadoop. You know? So it's, nice. it's, very, it's a very clean and, and a rich experience to, to just be able to wire it all up and, and hit play. You know? oh, I can't wait to see that. Yeah. So if you're watching, stay tuned for that and check it out. Um, so I've got uh, another uh, from Brian Rosander. I'm sure you're familiar with him. I am. <laughs> he says, Matt's passion for the world of open source software was part of what we knew, realize how powerful it can be. He's always willing to take the time to listen to questions and do his best to find the answer. He's very active on the NiFi mailing list and has an impressive score on the Hortonworks community connection. <laughs> um, so I'd like to hear more about, like, so you get <coughs> paid, correct me if I'm wrong, to work full-time on this Apache open source project. True. At Hortonworks, their software is um, in, they, they have submitted, a, I believe all of them, if not, if it's open source whether or not it's in an Apache project, but most of them are. So Apache Hadoop, Apache NiFi, Apache you know, Hive, and, and so on. And um, they believe in creating you know, larger uh, business solutions out of those products. So they mm-hmm. hire software developers like myself to um, work on those um, you know, open source projects, and so that we can make those better, and thus, you know, it's like trickle up economics, if you will, and then the, you know, it, it ends up being customer value, but in the, at the exact same time, it's also community value because we are it's open source software, mm-hmm. so everybody gets to reap the benefits of the features and bug fixes and documentation and everything that we've um, that we've done in this open source project. Um, but I get to do that for my day job, so that's I've been really fortunate to do that, and at Pitaho the same way, um, and then. 
on top of that, and that's what that's what I have so much respect for the folks that don't get to do that and still contribute um, to these projects because that's all their own time. They are passionate about a project. They get involved. They are doing that, you know, late at night or on the weekends instead of you know doing it something else because they not allowed to you know do that while they're they have a different day job and, and mm-hmm. so on. So that has always uh, impressed me as well. I just happen to be fortunate enough to have been able to work during the day on those things and then I can continue with you know my own side projects or, or passions at night like like other folks do so that's pretty awesome so correct me if I'm wrong and I'm still trying to wrap my mind around sort of the business of open source and how these companies have these business models where they can afford to pay somebody full-time to work mm-hmm. on it so I assume that Hortonworks have bigger clients that they solve big data problems for and it's those clients that leverage all their software products, which happen to be open source. Yeah, they have professional services as well as support for existing customers and things like that. And those are very large organizations with very smart people that are doing that. They are finding business level solutions using the, these products, and then also for the support team, being able to you know see if, if something isn't isn't going right or they're wondering how to do something then you know this the support comes in and says this is how you should configure it and or this is what was you know you had a little error in your configuration and let's try this and, and so on and so forth so those two parts of the organization are just absolutely critical to a business model like that other than that I don't really have a lot of business sense so I, I can't speak to the like individual types of, of you know uh, mechanics of that but I know that uh, besides the software development the um, professional services and, and um, sales engineers and uh, customer support and, and those guys are absolutely vital to, to a company like this. Right, that's where they make their money, I assume. Do you ever get pulled into helping support a commercial client? Absolutely, yep. We have um, engineering assistance requests or something and uh, so it's basically their system for tracking like, hey, we've, we've tried this, we, um, it, you know, it appears like this might be a bug in a processor, let's get you know, someone familiar with that particular area of code to help us out and either confirm that it is a bug or correct us where we're wrong and maybe even give us something new to try um, mm-hmm. while we're waiting for some official fix or something. So it's, yeah. we, we do get brought in uh, quite a bit and it's, it's pretty, that's a pretty fun part of the job. Um, there's a lot of pressure, obviously, to, to get it done to, to figure it out quickly. But um, being able to work with a real customer that is doing real things Using this with your product, with their data, they have like like I said, it's all kind of real world. They're they're doing like real things out there, and uh, that's so it, it's fascinating to see what kinds of operations and, um, and and workflows that they're coming up with, uh, the kind of data they have to work with, and what they're trying to get out of it is 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 pretty it's pretty awesome. Really. That's great. So um, we haven't yet talked about this on the show yet, but I've started reading about Apache and how different Apache open source projects are governed. Do you get involved in that much? And sort of like how you pick like the different features to work on, how the releases are done, how the whole project is administrated? I actually, I am. I'm on the project management committee for uh, Apache NiFi. And what does that, that mean exactly? So I have... Um, and I'll be give, by the way, I'll be giving a talk on this exact uh, subject along with some Apache Java projects at the Orlando Java Meetup next Monday. Oh, awesome! So I actually have a slide deck. I don't know. I, it's, uh, it's still rough, but I could show you uh, some stuff after the break. To, um, uh, to, to it's got a little bit more information in there, I guess, about uh, how the Apache Software Foundation works. But at its core, each Apache project, uh, the, all the technical direction for these projects, it doesn't come from way upstairs at the uh, Software Foundation. It is delegated to a program management committee, which is uh, just an elected uh, group of committers. 
and then they are kind of endowed with the power to uh, elect new members and of elect new committers to the project, mm -hmm. and then elect which, committers are like contributors, but they have the power to also merge other people's. So okay. you start as a contributor, offering a code patch or, or a new feature or documentation. And then um, eventually, if you are active in the community and um, are showing you know, passion for it, then uh, the, the pro project management committee, the PMC, will say, wow, this, this would be great to have you know, this person as a, as a committer. And then they can review other people's code and merge it in. If, you know, and, and so that base of, of people that are looking at the code contributions grows and the ability uh, of, the, of more people to be able to you know, get more of those features and fixes in. Uh, happens when they elect a new committer. Then, from the pool of committers, um, uh, when somebody has demonstrated some, you know, leadership and um, a passion for the future or the roadmap, and you know the, some of the things that you had mentioned, then uh, the PMC can elect new members of the PMC. Mm -hmm. And so this, it is all community consensus. It's all you know by votes, and you can't get too many negatives. I don't think it's a simple majority. I think if there are like minus ones, then then we sit down and have a real discussion. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, uh, at least for Apache NiFi, the people have proven themselves so well. They're passionate about it. They have you know contributed lots of code fixes. But are um, the most important part to me was that they're really active with the community, helping other members, getting on the mailing lists, and that's part besides just being working with open source software and writing code that other people see, the community, I think, is the most vital part of that because it, it isn't just, here's my code, you can have it if you want it. It's, let's talk about this code. What do you guys want to do? What do you see? Where do you see this project going? What would you like to add? What isn't working so well? And uh, you know, how, do we, how do we get to make things better you know, faster, stronger. <laughs> so that, that part for me is, is definitely uh, my favorite. And, <clears throat> and the Apache way is, is really a nice fit um, for, for my beliefs as well, because it really encourages that community, uh, you know, not just consensus, but real collaboration, not just like, here's my code, take it if you want it, or I don't know who you are, so I don't, you know, I'm not going to listen to you. It, it is really uh, a, like a system of communities uh, together, and then together they form the ASF. So. Okay, and then I noticed that um, with the Apache stuff, there's a lot of things revolving, a lot of rules revolving around mailing lists about like we post things here and that's how we decide what to do and everything has to be out in the How do you feel about that? It's, uh, it's one of those things like mailing lists seem a little primitive as a, as a medium, but at the same time, you know, if we asked a thousand people what they want to use, we're going to get a thousand answers. And then if I, if we don't have a canonical way to make sure we've got archived information that is easily indexed and available to the community, mm -hmm. you know, if I, if somebody posts a, a quick question on a Slack channel or something that isn't being archived, um, then that question goes away after time. And if then somebody else might come with that same question and they will re-ask it and someone will have to re-answer. Versus mailing lists, which are archived, indexed, and you know, you know, very searchable. well, very searchable from you know Google or Nabble or any of that, and um, you can find those answers first before you ask, you know, before you ask the question. Say, well, has someone else run into that? And if so, you know, how did they, how did they handle it? So, mm -hmm. it's it, yeah, it's it's not a perfect system, but it's it seems like it has all of the the things you would need in, in like a canonical medium. But there, you know, some Apache teams have uh, Slack. Uh, teams as well, so, and, and people have chats on there. I'm not sure how they do their archiving, but I know uh, the Apache Jural project, for instance, they have a Slack uh, team. 
Uh, lots of Apache projects have IRC channels as well, but most of those are either you know integrated or somehow um, archived and, and indexed and searchable as well. And maybe it's um, if you put an IRC message out there, maybe it becomes an email, for instance. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. So um, I'd like to know: Is there anything in the open source community that really bothers you? Um, well, just like all of the great stuff we were talking about with community, um, there's, there's just natural because the communities are made of human people that, uh, that there, you, there are some environments that aren't very conducive to being able to, uh, you know, get in and join and, and things. And there are some projects or, or at least sub-communities where you, you really don't feel welcome. Like they're, even though it's open source and it is a community, it's still some sort of club that you're not in. Um, and, and trying to interact with those folks because they don't know who you are um, or you like have to somehow prove yourself otherwise than just you know, saying, well, I have this, this fix for this bug. And, mm -hmm. and they say, we're not really interested. The same, uh, the same thing goes for the mailing list. There's folks that, are, that can be very you know, uh, you know, crude and, and very brash and, and very uh, you know, awful sometimes, uh, even on mailing lists, just asking questions or saying, how come this you know doesn't work? Like I tried this feature or something and like nothing, and I couldn't get anything going. And I'm like, this you know software is, is awful and, and everything. And so people are very polite in response and say, well, here's the documentation and let's like, can you tell us your specific problems and everything? And a lot of times it just becomes a rant from from those types <laughs> of folks. And it's you know it's like, well, do you want your money back? It's totally free open source <laughs> software, right? It's a you know it's it, we we are doing this uh, out of love, right? We are or luckily some of us also for money, but uh, but right? I mean we're we're spending our time trying to make this thing better, and to hear what would make it better, and not just why you think it sucks. So um, you know the, that kind of attitude in where wherever it occurs in in the Apache, uh, there's just no there's no really the room for that kind of thing. Totally open for discussions, for even for criticism, as long as it's constructive. They're like, I don't think this should work like this, and here's why. And they're like, those are good points. Like, how do you think you know we should fix it? Or I, I've got an idea. What if we did this? And and that's where the collaboration comes back in, and we can kind of get back on track. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to come to the table with a problem, maybe also give us a potential solution. That would be great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, one of the things that... Uh, um, that Brian said was, it's rare to talk to Matt and not hear about a new technology he's working on, learning through a book or an online course. He's always been a force pushing for cool new tech features. <laughs> so I kind of like to know, like, is there any new technologies that you've been having your eye on lately? Or I've been looking at different uh, uh, some Apache projects and then just some uh, libraries in general to, to solve different kinds of data problems. So data mining and machine learning is a place where I'm really starting to dig in as well as um, for because I'm, I'm dealing with provenance and lineage, it's kind of a natural graph model. And I've always been passionate about um, you know graph processing and graph algorithms and things like that. So I am you know trying to self-teach some machine learning things and uh, trying various libraries to to get real you know um, products or, or prototypes working. And, um, and then on the graph front, trying different algorithms and different um, areas of math like algebraic graph theory, which is mostly dealing with matrices versus you know graph traversal. And um, there's usually libraries in and around that. There are graph databases, there are graph processing systems, and even in Apache. We have Apache Titan, we have Apache Tinkerpop, we have, I mean, the, the list goes on. So, so when I see something come up that addresses an area that I'm interested in, then I will usually go check it out enough to, to know whether I should, how much of my spare time I should be you know, spending doing that. 
um, and whether or not we could maybe integrate it into something like Apache NiFi. Mm -hmm. So there's a, a project called Apache Streams, which is um, kind of collects, it does something very similar, but it's mostly for like social media. And they, they do something where you can hook up your, you know, your YouTube and your Instagram and your everything, and it can kind of get all that data in and do some processing and, and send it out. But um, you know, it's, it is kind of specifically for those, those areas for now. But that, that as a, itself as a data source would make a great ingest for NiFi, right? Because now I can move all my social data and then maybe I can you know, bring in some of my customer data that I know about their social data and I can make recommendations and so on. So it's, the possibilities are endless and uh, I just, whenever I see something cool, I, I have to go check it out. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I think that might be a good place to wrap this up. Um, you gave us a ton of stuff to come and go and take a look at. Um, I'm excited to, to take a look at NiFi. So thanks for joining us on the show. Um, if you're watching this, stay tuned for the show and tell part of the show. If you're not, then you might want to go to codepop.com and you can find the show and tell there. We're going to take a look at some of the websites, take a look at NiFi. Um, and uh, if you like the show, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, and give us feedback. If there's certain people you want to watch, I just realized I was wearing my headphones the whole entire time. I just yeah. wanted to take those off. <laughs> um, but um, thanks for watching and thanks for being here with us. Thank you for having me.